Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Abbott Elementary Season 2, Episode 4, The Principal's Office, and Episode 5, Juice, are over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Chappelle, and I'm back to lead us through these last two episodes of Abbott Elementary. Of course, we do this every other week, so we're doing them two at a time. And with me, my co-host, who is old enough to know better, but young enough to sheesh, the incredible Gia Worthy. Gia, what's up? Damn it, I was memorized the whole introduction from <laughs> Ashley's part. Just so I could do it. <laughs> I beat you, you know too. I, pra- no, I practice, so I'm doing it anyway. Gia Worthy, Springfield, Massachusetts. Old enough to know better, young enough to shush. Hey. And I've been, I've been on four podcasts in four months because everybody wants a piece. There you go. Man, Gia, yes. it's good to be back. How have you been? Oh, terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about how, you know, work and more work and just everything. But, you know, 
all of that. But I'm about to go on vacation. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be real. I'll be, you know, I'll be feeling better in a bit. I'll watch seven seasons of Survivor just like Ava did. And then we'll do another podcast where we guess what seven episodes, what seven seasons I watch, not seven episodes. I'll be there for that for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know you've had a tough week. It's been a while since we've talked, but we have two great episodes of Abbott Elementary to talk about. Gia, before we even get started, what did you think about these two episodes overall? All right. I, I have to get something off my chest now. You know, mm-hmm. like this, this is kind of a big development for me, but I know that we, you know, we and Mr. Johnson have been rooting for the Gregory and Janine development of it all for a while now. I would say even, you know, as soon as season one was underway, this was the duo that we were rooting for. But after these two episodes, Chappelle, I got to say, they must be stopped. These two are menaces to society menaces <laughs> look what they did to barbara's toilet and to all the toilets in this i can't chabelle i can't these two are a mess i guess we could argue that they go very well together because they are both messes but they need someone to just reel them in quite a mm. bit because this was this was a lot to take in Oh, yeah. This was a lot. We know that in both episodes, Janine cannot take a hint and uh, Gregory can be a little extra. Uh, But I did notice that we didn't have a lot of will they, won't they moments with them. I mean, there was a lot of like locking eyes and grins that last uh, episodes. But now, like this one kind of felt like they were more like regular co-workers. They even had a little a little spat in the middle of one of the episodes. This was a different vibe for the two of them. As Mr. Johnson said, oh, you guys are in a fight. (laughs) You're in a fight. He was excited. He knew. He knew. He knows what we know. And that is why he is the smartest person on the show. Oh, definitely. You know, it's uh, funny because uh, that was one of like, I know Rob and like other people have criticized the office because Jim and Pam are just so boring. You know, they don't really have any fights uh, throughout. They maybe had like one big fight in the office in all those episodes. And then they go back to just being kind of boring. But, you know, uh, we're starting off where you know, uh, Gregory and Janine aren't that much alike. And so I feel like they're going to bump heads a little bit more. We're going to get a little bit of drama. So there'll be more will they, won't they, instead of them just immediately hooking up. And I think I like that because I want entertainment in my show. I want this to, this can't be just bland and boring. We're supposed to have some soul in this. And so I think a little bit of all of that is going to make this episode and the rest of these seasons great. Oh, absolutely. And definitely with the cast that we have as well, I can definitely see them both getting into quite a bit of shenanigans and using season two to really develop them as characters and give them their own personalities, whereas opposed to Jim and Pam, I feel like it was always Jim and Pam as a unit first, plus a couple pranks on the side. And then I can't really say what their personalities were outside of that. You know, it's just like that's, I know the office stands are going to come at me in my DMs. I understand. I probably deserve it for something or another. But I like that we are getting an opportunity to just really see who they are as individuals that will, let's be honest, most likely be coming together to become a couple in a future maybe season, I would say. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I necessarily see them getting together in season two, maybe a feelings realization. Yeah, I could see that probably. Maybe they start to come to terms with the fact that they might like each other a little bit more. Um, But yeah, there was not a lot of that in this episode, but we did have a lot of juice. We had a lot to talk about. Two ounces uh, more of juice. 
two ounces more of juice, a lot of bathroom breaks. And I think at this time we need to take one. So we're going to do a quick ad break. We're going to give you a word from our sponsors. And then we're going to come back and talk about our first episode, season two, episode four, The Principal's Office, right after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime. Anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. So Gia, you ready to jump right in? I am so ready. All right. So I think that one of the funniest things about this episode four was the way it started. Barbara singing the soulful rendition of Happy Birthday for Ryan that only she could pull off was amazing. This was great. And I love seeing this from her. She didn't even sing the Stevie Wonder version. This was a Barbara original. You knew yes. put her foot into this song. It was so <laughs> Oh, my God. Those children were unappreciative. Let's be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't know what they have in front of them. Barbara's they a national like treasure. They have not been in a black household before. You know what you are getting with this. Let us not act dumb. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> at your big age of six. <laughs> Ryan has made it, you know, uh, but I, I was happy they were celebrating them. You know, it's always fun to see the kids having a good time because you can tell they're probably having a good time on set, too. Um, so, of course, it would be Barbara to lead the episode off. And we also see Gregory starting his lesson on states of matter for his class. So he's trying to get the kids to talk about ice burr and how it turns into water. But the class is being disrupted by another kid named Micah. Micah is a kid who loves everything about an Australian dog show called Bluey. Gia, are you familiar with Bluey? I was not sure if this was a real show or not. It is. It, it really is. is. It is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then this, so this, this is new to me. Okay. I have not been introduced to the world of Bluey yet. I thought they really just created an animated dog for this episode, but apparently this is a real thing. I am unfamiliar with the work of Bluey. I know him by the uh, good old-fashioned American version, which is Blue's Clues, mm-hmm. who's also a blue dog, um, and I, you know, that is my bread and butter. So I can understand as a little kid being obsessed with a cartoon. I was a, you know, 
I went from a Blue's Clues stand to a Scooby Doo stand. I guess like, mm-hmm. are we ever not Scooby Doo stands? Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the natural still progression. Yeah. Yes, the natural exactly. progression, the evolution of your life should be Blue's Clues to Scooby Doo. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't hit those key points in your life, then what are you doing? What um, are you doing? And for those that don't have cable, the CBS version or the P- sorry PBS version, which I assume is like Arthur and Dragon Tales. Or um, is it uh, Wishbone and Clifford? Oh, yeah, Clifford! (laughs) Yes, oh my God. The natural progression from Clifford the Big Red Dog animated version to Scooby-Doo. Yes. Scooby-Doo, yeah. You got to go to Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So, Bluey is a real show, and it has Micah in a blender. It's all he can talk about. And this is becoming a distraction in Gregory's class. Gregory... uh, is someone who is used to things being a certain way. He's very disciplined and he's not used to a kid acting out like Micah has been acting. So later on, he finds himself in the break room pouting and he doesn't seem excited at all about even that little pinch of sugar he was putting in his coffee. Uh, Jacob notices all of this and decides to be a listening ear for Gregory, Gia. Um, talk to me about Jacob in this moment because he hits uh, Gregory with the talk to me, bro. And Gregory had to tell him to try again. Oh, Jacob was just so excited to be offering any type of advice to anybody that would listen. And Gregory is so desperate right now that he is willing to listen for what it is worth, even though, like he said, he hates every word of every sentence that is coming out of Jacob's mouth in this moment. Yeah. What is wrong with Jacob? So is Jacob just picking this up off the students or does he really feel like this is going to help me connect more with Gregory? I think it's part that he really does want to have a connection with Gregory because he's one of the only male professionals on in the Abbott Elementary sphere. We don't see any other male teachers at the very least from the cast that we have seen so far. Um, And we all know how the uh, cafeteria worker feels about him of the other male employees that we have seen and Mr. Johnson and Gregory have a pretty solid bond. So I think he's a little bit like, you know, I I want a piece of that. I want like a friendship with Gregory. And one way that I will form a bond with him is by offering advice when he's down. And as I'm saying this, I feel like this is how Jacob would explain it. And Gregory would also hate every word that is coming out of my mouth right now about me explaining this friendship dynamic between the two. But I think he also... Is like let's not forget Jacob is a teacher, but I think he gets a lot of satisfaction out of bestowing knowledge that someone doesn't have onto them, kind of unwillingly because Gregory really didn't ask <laughs> and Ellie was so <laughs> desperate. But you know, I think that Jacob does get a kick out of helping someone that seems to have it together most of the time and being someone that is uh, offering advice to someone else. Yeah, makes sense. Gregory tells Jacob about Micah and how he's been swooping in like a cute little falcon and ripping his class apart. And Jacob says he understands exactly what Gregory is going through because he has a student named Aaliyah, right? And Aaliyah used to, like, he be, she'd be in class and Jacob be asking questions. And every time she get one right, she'd be like, I'm on your ass, Mr. C. Because, you know, Mr. Corny, that's they're, they're still calling him that, yeah. apparently. But It's out of know, love. It's out of love. And to translate, what Aaliyah is trying to say is... 
Mr. C, I, I, I'm keeping up with your questions. You know, you won't be able to stump me, Mr. Hill. That's what she's trying to say. But I'm on your ass, Jacob. Just sounds a little bit more, like better. Like, you know, I'm on your ass, Mr. C. The class loves that. And they laugh, they joke about it, and it's just disruptive. So eventually, Jacob couldn't get his class under control. So he sent Aaliyah to the only person in Abbott equipped to handle this type of, uh, like, interruption. None other than Ava. Gia, they hate Ava, but when times get rough, they definitely turn to our girl for help. Ungrateful, let me tell you. <laughs> it's just, you know Ava has all of these connects, all of these amenities, and we will get to her best anemone <laughs> so far in episode five. But, oh my God, no. It's a, why all of a sudden you can't control your class and so you send them to Ava to deal with them and then you go so far as to judge her approach on the matter. Mm. I am glad that Mr. Eddie learned his lesson, as Ava said into the, what is it, intercom. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Eddie is a character from Bluey, uh, Gia, so that's why he keeps getting called Mr. Eddie throughout the episode. Wait, um, really? Oh, because that's his last name, too? I didn't know that was, like, an actual character. Yeah, oh Mr. God. Mr. Eddie is, uh, well, Eddie is like a blue, uh, green, like it's like a puppy, like a green puppy and, okay. uh, and bluey. And so, yeah, uh, Micah's calling him Mr. Eddie and now so is Ava. So I, I love that joke, um, that running joke throughout the episode. I can't believe that that just went right over me. Oh my well, God. Well, you hadn't seen bluey, you know, if you're not a bluey uh, truther, I... then you don't know, you know, you're not on the inside like the rest of us. Are you a bluey truther? No, ma'am. I had to go all this. <laughs> did the research. I'm a serious journalist. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> cool. So, of course, Jacob says, you might need to use the principal's office. Um, so, even though his white guilt was just, like, blaring over the loudspeakers in his head, he still had to do it. Because... You know, making her uh, get disciplined or Aaliyah, uh, you know, become more disciplined, it, it gives him a chance to actually control his class and to teach effectively, right? And so he's uh, advising Gregory to do the same. So um, you could see, Gia, the look on Jacob's face when he gives this advice because he takes that slow sip of his coffee and then finds out that it's Gregory's coffee. <laughs> I expect mm -mm. nothing less from him. Yeah. Oh my God. I just feel like there's no world where Jacob drinks black coffee with like a dash of sugar. I just don't think he got it. Oh no. He likes mm. cream and sugar and all of the anemones possible. We know he is not the most refined of uh, individuals when it comes to beverages because mm -hmm. uh, he asked for the second least expensive bottle of wine when he goes out. Embarrassing poor Zach in doing so. Yes. Do you think we're going to get more Zach? Because we keep talking about Zach, but I haven't seen Zach in a very long time. I'm wondering why we haven't seen... I guess it's like... Okay, so if we're thinking about it realistically, like Zach came in fairly late into season one. And so he was only in for maybe two or three episodes overall from what we've seen. But I think this is the first time they've actually mentioned Zach by name. And I miss Zach. I was just like, are they going to do some grand reveal that they broke up um, over the summer or something? And that's not why we're not hearing from him. But uh, mm. apparently they are still going strong. I'll bet all of the struggles that Jacob has thrown Zach's way. So, you know, everyone keep Zach in your thoughts because this has to be a very trying time for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the next day, when Gregory is trying to teach, 
Micah is still talking about Bluey, so Gregory has no choice but to send him to Principal Coleman's office, and the crowd goes, ooh. ooh. We all know that <laughs> ooh. That smug ooh. So judgy, you know. <laughs> um, so this leads Gregory to um, Janine's uh, classroom because he needs somebody to watch his class, and this is where they have their little first spat. So Gia, can you break down what the fight is about? Gregory asks... Janine to watch his class as he is going into or as he is bringing Micah to the principal's office and Janine just doesn't feel like this is the best approach and that she would think that you know especially for someone so young that you know there has to be an alternative solution to what he is doing um and so they have a bit of a spat about that before janine eventually agrees to watch his class while he brings micah to the principal's office but janine why are you undermining gregory's authority in front of the students like that is my what just talk to him afterwards you you know janine cannot hold her tongue for long so i knew this was just not going to be how it worked out but she's making gregory's business everybody's business which now makes it mr johnson's business and yeah it was it was a mess yeah mr johnson uh really got a kick out of this because you know like i said he's as invested in that relationship as we are exactly Um, he is the janine gregory shipper of abbott elementary and he knows he knows mm -hmm. 100%. Um, So after Micah gets into the principal's office, of course, class is going a lot smoother. Um, So after a short but respectable time, uh, we see Ava appear in the classroom and she has brought Micah back to rejoin the class. Gia, all these students were were on their best behavior and they didn't get a toy. But Micah, the disruptive kid, came back with an axolotl. Um, what yeah, does relax an axolotl? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't even know what an axolotl was, but that is a funny joke. I, okay. So I, when I lived in Boston during grad school, they had an axolotl exhibit at the museum of science for a brief period of time. So that was my first introduction to the axolotl university. We both learned that things exist in you learned <laughs> that axolotls exist. I learned that bluey exists. Like these are not yeah. just fake things that people are making up. And I, so I learned about axolotls just through my wanderings of different uh, museums and whatnot, but axolotls are so cute. And I feel like they're making a bit of a comeback because they, their face makes it look like they're always smiling and they're, they're a very light pink. They're very cute animals. Like, uh, I think they're amphibians technically, but don't quote me on that. I didn't read the descriptions too closely. I just wanted to see the cute little pink aquatic life. But so this is, you know, they're making a bit of a comeback in that people are, you know, like they're, they're they have their own merch. They have their little, their little beanie baby axolotls and okay. things like that. So Ava is on the trends as always, as expected. Um, I don't know if maybe... If kids want to get an axolotl toy, watch more TV. I don't know. Like, look at what Micah's doing. Yeah. I mean, these kids see that Micah got a break from class and a cool toy. Uh, And so now the rest of the class wants to go to the principal's office, too. Oh, I do have to say, though, you know, they were all up Micah's behind you know what when he was getting (laughs) sent to the principal's office but now that he comes back with this fancy new axolotl that relaxes a lot that you know now all of a sudden oh why does micah get a toy i want a toy grow up kids like be (laughs) seriously what is wrong with all of you 
haters. I'm telling Has you, they were backbone. <laughs> yeah, they were all ooh when he got in trouble. But now you're like, well, where's my toy? Get over it. Yeah, <laughs> life's not fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so of course this is a, a source of conflict here. Um, Gregory can't even complain about Micah because Janine can't stop interrupting him in the break room. Uh, she's doing her own thing with some food, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but oh, we'll he tells the rest that. of the Oh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about with that one. Um, he tells the rest of them about how Ava didn't discipline Micah at all. But apparently, Gia, that wasn't the point of Jacob suggesting this move to the principal's office. He wanted just for um, Gregory to get Micah out of the class so that he can get in tr- control of the class again. Um, and this kind of pisses Gregory off because rewarding bad behavior is not how a principal should behave. And um, this isn't just any principal, though. This is Ava. So she does things her own way, Gia. I think Ava is well-known and well-documented as rewarding bad behavior. So why was Gregory expecting any different? See, this is why, as I have said in the past two episodes that we have done, that Gregory was unprepared for the principal role. Because not necessarily that he would, you know... He, I'm not saying that he is wrong in not having a bundle of axolotl toys ready for all the students that are misbehaving, though he is wrong. Like, let's be real. Like, mm-hmm. we know who I'm siding with on this argument. Mm-hmm. But I I do think that he isn't really recognizing, like, it's, if you have trained to be a principal to the same level that Gregory is and you don't understand like the function of the principal's office for, you know, sending a child to be disciplined. Like you might be lacking a little bit in like the empathy department in terms of like recognizing what your students need and where a student in a community like the Abbott elementary community in Philadelphia, like they don't need more people to be reprimanding them for acting like children, you know, especially as Ava said, like, you know, you're not controlling your class, but you're the first one to be critiquing how Ava is approaching this and giving these kids a little bit of self-esteem on their way out and an axolotl. Yeah. She makes a great point. Why are you worried about what I'm doing when you can't even keep your class together? See, how are you going to be the principal if you can't control one classroom? How are you Mm going to control the rest of school? What's going on here, Gregory? Um, And Listen, Mm -hmm. Ava has been steadily maintaining a feud with every Charles the Entertainment cheese in Philadelphia. She knows her business. So I don't know why Gregory is starting feuds with women of this high caliber. Right. So the thing is, yeah, like exactly what you said uh, with the empathy thing, Gregory wasn't raised um, in a world where he could have these little fun moments. He was very disciplined Uh, when he was growing up. He didn't get to run around and have a zest for life Um, because if he did show something like, you know, childhood wonder or whimsy, he ended up in timeout. So he really only knows two speeds. It's either like completely disciplined or, you know, Time out, you know, it's, it's one of the two. And so uh, this is a struggle for him. Eventually, you know, he ends up having to go to Barbara and tells Barbara, like, you know, I'm kind of in a tight spot here. I don't really know what to do about Ava. So she offers to go speak to uh, Ava for him. And this is so funny to me because shortly after we hear Gregory hear his name, Mr. Eddie, on the loudspeaker, and he's being summoned to the principal's office. And again, all the judgmental kids in the hallway are getting them the oohs. <laughs> and even Barbara looks disappointed. She's like, let us not kick Mr. Eddie while he is down. And I'm like, Barbara, <laughs> you knew this was going to happen. She helped. She no, literally she, helped. This is your fault. Yes, Barbara. Throw the rock and hide your hand. Yes. I love it. 
Barbara has her petty moment. She knows. She knows when to rub salt in that wound. She really does. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, when Gregory gets to Ava's office, she greets Mr. Eddie and says, uh, well, um, Micah told Ava, you know, all about Bluey, apparently. And Gregory's telling her that she isn't disciplining the kids enough. Asia, Ava pushes back, you know, that getting in trouble with these kids, that trip to the principal's office is already enough to shake them, especially these little kids, right? Yeah. Uh, and so what does she look like? Having these kids come down her office, sobbing and crying and all snotty nose, and she's trying to watch Below Deck. This is not good for Ava. And so she had to take the kids back. It's not about discipline all the kids sometimes. Sometimes it's about uplifting them. And if it takes an axolotl, then that's just what it's going to be. Yeah, I think there is definitely something to say here about, obviously, we are meant to think of Ava as someone that doesn't really do her job all the time. And we'll get into some more examples of that in the next episode, which we are aware of that. But Ava does make some really good points, especially with incidences like you know being sent to the principal's office should really be a last resort thing and as Jacob was explaining in his second round of explanations that the principal's office really only a last resort to regain control of the rest of the classroom it shouldn't be the default option for you anytime something doesn't go your way and when we're thinking about it in like a grander scheme of things on a more serious note you know, the idea of someone getting sent to the principal's office is ingrained as like those are that's what happens to bad kids. So if you're being a bad kid, you're going to get sent to the principal's office. And especially when students are that young, they really internalize that. Maybe you don't see it as a teacher when you're thinking about like a student that is constantly interrupting their class. But if they get told enough that they are a bad student or they are being a bad student, they are going to believe that and other kids around them are going to think of them as the bad kids in class. And while Abbott Elementary is a predominantly black school with black students and black teachers, this issue becomes even more prevalent with uh, unconscious biases in schools with more mixed um demographics in there like different uh variety of like race representations cultural representations and a lot of studies you know this is the uh grad student in my head but basically there are a lot of studies saying that like this type of discipline and this type of internalization of like what types of kids they are is significantly more prevalent in brown and black children growing up especially when they have white peers with them Hmm. I mean, yeah, that well said. It's just one of those things where, yeah, treating these kids like they're bad is not going to help them in, like in any way when you could be uplifting them and making them feel better about themselves. So it's kind of like you know, you need some positive reinforcement in there. And, you know, they always kind of feel like they're getting in trouble. You know, everybody, like you said, is reprimanding them. And uh, kids don't want another person yelling at them and reprimanding them. But Gregory still hasn't quite, you know, got his head wrapped around that. And so look at Ava putting him on the right track. I'm telling you, they're too hard on our girl. I, they are far too hard on Ava when she is correct so often, so exactly. often in the in this system. And I think just really Ava does have an unconventional approach and they need to get with the program because she makes point. She has she has bullet points to back up her claim. She has the evidence. 
He's done the research. Um, I do like how when Gregory leaves, though, he has to do that walk of atonement from Game of Thrones with uh, Mr. Johnson hitting him with the shame. shame. He was ready. Shame. I, are Barbara and Mr. Johnson in cahoots where there's, she's just like, the, he's going to the principal's office. You got to just wait. Wait till he gets out. Yeah. He was, probably. he was ready. Oh, yeah. He was right there. And it's so funny because, like, what does Mr. Johnson know about what's going on with uh, <laughs> with Gregory? He's just like, oh, yeah, a chance to shame this man? I'll be there. Yeah. What to, What does he have to gain from any of this? <laughs> hey, listen, he, he can have fun, you know? Then what's the next scene? He immediately asks Mr. Johnson for help and how to, and how to uh, frame his disciplined voice. Yeah, Mr. Johnson yeah. is teaching Gregory a thing or two about how to use this like deeper disciplinarian voice until Barbara overhears and steps in. Now, again, we just outlined that these two people are stoking the flames and now they're the ones <laughs> helping him. Um, and she asked Gregory if this is the kind of di- discipline that works on him. And it reminds him that he's in a u- uh, unique position as a black man, as a teacher, because they're, um, it's really like underrepresented in a lot of communities black men as educators right especially for little kids um and so like he has this this um this position he has also has a responsibility to help these kids um so gregory starts to think about his own life and his uh he starts to have these revelations about maybe the disciplinarian that his dad was didn't have the positive effect on him that he thought it did you yeah and there's definitely a larger discussion to have about this. We've seen Gregory's dad once already, um, really just to see that he doesn't really take Gregory's current job seriously, which be- ends up being his permanent job moving forward. Um, and now we know that he was definitely more of a strict disciplinarian. This is the man that determined that he was going to be working all of his summers with the landscaping company. And I, I, sure that Gregory's dad has good intentions, even if the results leave a lot to be desired in how, you know, like whether this had damage on Gregory's confidence or not. But I do hope we get to explore more of Gregory and his dad's relationship and moving forward in other episodes. And we get to see a lot more of him um, and their relationship and maybe uh, do some mending in that realm, like unlike uh, Melissa and Kristen Marie. But (laughs) I would like to see something where we can start to address this role, you know, especially as, uh, the role of black men in these children's lives, especially as they recognize Gregory's position as a black man. The other black men that we have seen in the show really are mostly like Mr. Johnson, who is there really to be like the comedic relief of the show. We love Mr. Johnson. And then uh, Zach, who is more of a recurring character and the same with the, uh, the, cafeteria worker that we have seen as well so we really you know obviously there are a lot of different characters on Abbott Elementary but I'm excited to see us get a little more maybe focus on some of these familial relationships because uh some like Barbara and Taylor we saw a little bit of we know that G's uh, Janine's mom is uh more of an absent parent um, and that she, her relationship with her sister isn't as strong as it once was. So we want to, I'd love to see more like face-to-face interactions, especially with Gregory and his dad. Yeah, for sure. Um, after Gregory's talk with Barbara, he's back in class and he's trying to teach the kids. And of course, Micah's back up to his old tricks. He's being disruptive, but this time 
Gregory turns to Bluey for help. He flips over his whiteboard and he finally connects with Michael, which actually is a theme for both of these episodes, being able to connect with somebody to get them to kind of meet you halfway and to teach yeah. them and to work with them, right? And so um, he met Michael on something he was interested in and that allowed Michael to actively participate in the class. Now, I'm sorry, that all is cool, right? But it is mm-hmm. still funny that that little girl was like, you know, he don't know the answer. <laughs> that it was funny. <laughs> I laughed so so loud when she that little girl stole the show of this one episode oh Mm -hmm. my god what a little star i hope we get to see more of her but also girl that was rude as hell and i hope you did not get an axolotl because you know that was the first one saying why didn't i get an axolotl girl pick your battles she's a hater she is a hater but i love her like oh my god love her Listen, like, we're, we're raising relate. a bunch of Avas. You know, we're raising I, a bunch of Avas. <laughs> we're slowly indoctrinating the children to be a small community of Avas, future leaders and Ava Coleman's alike. Right. And we saw um, Mr. Johnson and uh, Barbara together as kind of like a duo in this episode. We've had some Jacob and Gregory moments throughout this episode, but now we see another dynamic duo. Gregory is walking out with Ava and I'm sorry, with uh past Ava. And Ava is, of course, doing her normal flirting slash sexual harassment with him and saying, you know, you can come by my office. You don't need an excuse. And Gregory kind of disses her and then turns to leave with Barbara. When did Barbara and Gregory become such a team? Because I like this team, but Ava clearly does not. Oh, no, she does not like this, especially with, you know, as Gregory has said, Barbara is the only person in the building that can get Ava to listen to her. Like Ava actually respects Barbara. That is quite impressive for, you know, for the Ava Coleman that we know and love that like there is one person that holds her respect in that same level where she actually listens to her. And that is Barbara. Combine that with Gregory, who is trying to evade her at every chance he gets. This is a dangerous duo. I am excited to see a lot more of them. Oh, yeah, me too. And this kind of like wraps up the end of this story. I mean, you know, we get a little bit of Ava kind of getting back at Gregory by not accepting his disciplinary report because she's off Mm -hmm. the clock now. And I feel her in my soul, okay? Like, I'm off the clock. Sorry, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Um, not going to lie. When she walked away and said, how dare you, Chappelle? I immediately (laughs) thought of you. You know that's me. I'm like, you don't respect me in the shows. You don't respect me. Like, uh, and that's that's real. I was like, man, am I Ava? You know, like <laughs> I had the same thought. I'm like, is Chappelle Ava? Man, I might be Ava. Man, I didn't know. Which one did um, you get when we did that BuzzFeed quiz? I got Gregory, but uh, I, yeah, I'm starting to I think don't know I'm if Ava. I believe you. Yeah, I think we have to do the quiz again. How you know? many times did you take that test to get that result? Listen, don't don't. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Um. So yeah, that kind of wraps it up. In her office, we kind of see Gregory sit down and imagining himself as principal when his dad calls. And I think Gregory was feeling himself a little bit because he's so relaxed. He answers the phone like, hey, what's up, pops? And then he's quickly brought back to earth by the disciplinarian that we talked about early, earlier. So we see Gregory still battling with these kind of childhood wounds that he has with his father. Um, so yeah, like you said, I kind of want to see more of that moving forward, more of the one-on-one familial connections between uh, some of these characters. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, (laughs) our A storyline. I had to leave this for a second because this This is hilarious. I know this is the A storyline, but it doesn't feel like the A storyline because it's so isolated from the other characters in the show. Like, I feel like there was a lot more going on in Abbott Elementary with the B plot. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, this is when Janine is talking a lot about Tariq. 
and it's starting to get on everyone's nerves. So basically, they're kind of thinking, you know, to you know, maybe she's like missing him or something like that. But they don't even have time to pay attention to that because Melissa, she sees Janine eating the most absurd meal. I believe it was like ramen noodles out of like the bowl, like out of the the little uh, cup. And I think she put a like peanut butter in it. It's like she's eating a prison she spread. <laughs> It was uh, ramen and pork rinds that she insisted was delicious. She learned it from her play cousin in prison, though. So, like, you, they just, that just got out. I should, I should correct myself. But you are not wrong by calling it a prison spread. It literally is. It literally is ramen and, like, you know, just random other assortment of foods. I mean, they sell this in prisons. I will mean, give them out in prisons. And now Janine is eating it by choice because she says, you know, it's cost efficient and it's tasty, but I don't think it's tasty. I'm sorry. I refuse to believe it. Um, but her issue isn't the money, right? It's not the fact that it's cheap. It's the fact that Janine's mom actually never taught her or her sister how to cook. And I love Mr. Johnson here because he's fed up at the fact that now all these siblings keep popping up. <laughs> so everybody got a sister now, Gia? Everybody. Everybody got a sister now. Yeah, speaking to be of sisters, fair, we just found mm -hmm. out about Melissa's sister two episodes prior. So this is yeah. not, you know, all of a sudden, Mr. Johnson, you know, he's in the know about everything in Abbott Elementary. And then all of a sudden, he's learning about all of these outside familial relations, all of these other connections. I it, it's a lot to keep up with, especially when you are the eyes and ears of the premise. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was just like, I just met Melissa's sister. Now I got to do another one. Um, but we don't really talk about that much about Janine's sister because uh, this episode is very much about Melissa. Melissa offers to help Janine cook a decent meal that is affordable. So that means that she can come to uh, Melissa's house. Melissa knows that this might be a bad idea and she might be correct because Jacob also overhears their entire conversation and he invites himself as we know Jacob would. Gia, what you think? Oh, I am shocked that Melissa didn't just cancel the idea right then and there. <laughs> these are your two nosiest co-workers that you just know that they are going to get in some trouble. I, I can understand why she wasn't shocked when it comes to the eventual conclusion that it did. But, oh, Melissa, I would... I would not want them in my house around all my business and stuff. Like you got to tape up your picture frames or something ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Had all, all the cool stuff. Cause these are like little kids, you know? Oh yeah. But the, she has a nice house though. So I can understand wanting to do a little snooping around there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, she couldn't think of a reason fast enough to tell Jacob no, so I guess he's coming over. At Melissa's house, Jacob and Janine are in there acting basically like children, and we could tell that Melissa was not having it. She's actually pretty frustrated when Janine uh, brought a shallot instead of an onion, but lucky for them, Jacob loves haggling with local vendors. And Gio, have you heard of upselling? Uh, I have heard of upselling. I have not heard of up buying until this very moment. <laughs> I, yeah. I do watch American Pickers with my dad every once in a while. It comes on around the same time of Survivor, and I got to make him wait to for Survivor to end before we watch American Pickers. So it's our weekly argument when we watch the same show together. But, oh, yeah, I know what an upsell is. Yeah, well, I had never heard of an up buy, and I think Jacob might have made it up, you know, because when you're haggling, I think the goal is to get the price to go down, and Jacob seems to be missing the mark on that. Um, so that was a very funny moment. Um, also, did you notice Melissa's outfit in this episode? I 
did. I noticed it before the episode even aired because everyone was freaking out at the still promos about how her outfit looks just like Chessie's outfit in The Parent Trap. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you see, you're looking at her and you're like, man, I forgot about it. It's like, you unlocked the memory for me when I saw her in that outfit. It was crazy. It w- we love a good throwback. We do. We do. I am so, so excited for the Everybody Hates Chris throwback that we know is inevitably coming. Yes, I need it. Hey, little dude from across the street. I need that moment, you know? Um, so, yeah. Um, later on, uh, when Jacob leaves, Janine and Melissa are left alone. And Melissa starts to open up about how important cooking is to her. And, Gia, we finally seen a scene of her talking about what actually happened between her and her sister that we met in a previous episode, Krista Marie. She tells us that her sister used the wrong ingredient, making Nana's signature dish, and brought it to her wake, and she hasn't spoken to her since. So Janine decides this is the perfect moment that she will give Melissa unsolicited advice, again, as she does, as is tradition, and and try as she might. She cannot get Janine to take a hint. Melissa is trying to shut this down, but Gia, Janine, she just doesn't take hints. That's not what she does. Janine's mind her business a couple times, like especially with family matters. She of all people should know that when it comes to family matters, you got to mind your business because it's never just about one thing with someone that you've lived with for so long. It's about a whole bunch of other things that are combined together. And of course, we don't know this at the very beginning of the episode, why their relationship is strained, but you know that this is like going to be more contentious than just Noki being made wrong. Although like Noki made wrong is disgusting. So I can empathize with Melissa here. Like gotta go. You gotta go. Especially for Italians, which are, you know, one of the only uh, Caucasian ethnic groups, I will say, or should I say European ethnic groups that, season their food regularly Mm -hmm. so as a as an italian half italian myself but you know they you know they take their food seriously over there makes sense yeah i think melissa's making some points but you're right janine is trying to fix a problem that she doesn't know the whole story of and i think it's because she just knows melissa's quick to cut off people i mean she even cut off her hairdresser who could be for, for once calling her melinda so she's thinking that melissa might be overreacting just a bit um and so janine does this thing where she tries to get uh melissa to open up by like telling her story about how her and her sister aren't close and she's oh my god is somebody cutting onions no there's no onions in this house you bought the shallot there in <laughs> garlic there's no onions here no you're not crying janine you're being you know extra how, per you usual know how garlic makes you tear up like that everybody's like no no, no absolutely no, not. that's not how it does <laughs> of course she wouldn't know that because she cannot cook um so. I, I had a student ask me if onions would ward off vampires the same way as garlic as well so i empathize with melissa a lot in this moment I'm like of course not those are two very different things please stop asking me these things Please stop. Yes. <laughs> so at the school the next day, Janine tries to get Melissa to consider mending fences, but Melissa says Krista Marie would have to come to her to get this apology started. And Gia, Janine has a plan to reunite Melissa and her sister. And I know immediately that this is going to go wrong, horribly wrong. I I cringed in this moment where it's just like you knew. You knew this was not going to go the way that Janine wanted it to go. It was, oh, it was just, you, 
you knew she should have just minded her business. We saw the confrontation at the charter school that this is a deep seated issue. Also, in a previous episode, didn't we didn't uh Melissa Salary say once that her sister blackmailed her? How many sisters <laughs> does she have? Like I'm assuming this is the same sister. So just why? So. How did we get here? Why is Janine inserting herself? And we know, as always, that it's going to be because of something that is going on in her own life. So she is fixing her life by trying to fix other people's lives. And it just never goes well. So short-term memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. this is the 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 ball rolling on this uh, like avalanche of Melissa and Krista Marie because they're about to collide in a way that is so funny. Uh, we see Jacob and Janine back at Melissa's house uh, for their next cooking lesson and the doorbell rings. And this is Krista Marie. And she is pissed because she thinks Melissa tried to poison her with that bad cooking. Melissa says, I would never poison anybody because I want to watch them go. And that is such a baller move to you. I was like, yes, I feel that in my soul. My slithering soul. She wants to soul. see the light leave her eyes. Yes, and look, points were made. But Melissa has no clue what's going on until Krista Marie reveals that, you know, with the plate of food, the gnocchi play-doh um, in the pot, there was a note that said, from her sister. And at that moment, Melissa realizes that Janine has is behind all of this. She kicks everyone out of the house, but on her way out, Krista Marie makes sure to knock over the bottle of wine. I'm like, this is such a, like, sister interaction. They are just oh, poking yeah. at each other and getting under each other's skin. And Melissa hits her on the way out with the... um you know, uh, your roots are showing and that is it. I mean, like the gauntlet has been thrown down to you. This was crazy. I can't wait for part three of their feud. That is surely not going to be the end of it here. Uh, I am so excited for the Abbott versus what is it? Allington? Allington? Yeah. Whatever they are. The yeah. Flops. The, uh, the, uh, the, the ghetto charter school got tr- across the street, that one. Yeah, but exactly. Yes. There, there is a feud brewing between both schools, and we know that Melissa and Kristen Marie are going to be at the helms of it. And I am so excited to see where it goes from here. But, oh, my God, this fight was so funny. It is exactly the type, the type of stingers that you would expect from a sibling pair. The only thing that I am not surprised by is that it did not come to blows because of the history that we see with uh, Melissa and Kristen Marie at the end of the episode. It's just, it was great. Perfect. Perfect fight. No notes. This was great. Also Kristen Marie. Well, obviously I am team Marissa had a pretty funny line of, I was going to feed it to my dog, but then I remembered I loved my dog. Ate her up. I mean, Janine is sitting over there shaking like, Oh my God. That is very, very rude. But also, I mean, if it's true, it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so this this fight was great, you know, and this leads Janine to having to apologize to Melissa for butting in. And that's when we find out that the cooking is not the real root of the problem. Basically, um, Chris and Marie disappeared when Nana needed help and left them all to take care of her and then just popped up at the wake with this bad plate of food. And so, yeah, it wasn't the actual food. It was all the other things compounded up, up on each other that made uh, Melissa so angry. But also, we also kind of figure out that Melissa and Chris and Marie, this is just kind of how they communicate, too, because she kind of enjoyed having her sister around and them taking jabs at each other. Um, and so, in a way, Janine, in her unsolicited help, also kind of, you know, pushed Melissa closer to her sister. And so she invites her over to continue helping her cook, but Jacob cannot come. 
Jacob Kanaka. Honestly, this was probably should have been the plan in the first place anyway. Like, Jacob should not have been there. He's got to earn his spot into <laughs> Melissa's household. He just showed up. He just invited himself and caught mm-hmm. Melissa in a weak moment where she could not defend herself and come up with an excuse quick enough. So I understand. I understand. This was probably the plan that should have happened initially. I did laugh, though, when Melissa was saying that someone was going to think that they were a couple trying to gentrify the neighborhood, though. That was That's great. That's a good one. I want to see Melissa's neighborhood. We saw the house, but I want to get the vibe of what we are dealing with here. Exactly. Um, And so, yeah, that leads us to our end credit scene where Melissa is showing us all the good times between her and Krista Marie and how they used to get along. There was a punch. There was a dog named after Melissa that she ended up putting down. Uh, It sounds like Melissa got married on her sister's wedding day. You know, I I was so confused by this part. Like, did she like marry Krista Marie's husband or was this like a or they just have weddings at the same day it seems like she you know I like oh I'm getting married it seems like Melissa said oh well I'll get married on that yeah. day too you know to just kind of undercut her and that's dirty but also it just seems like this is how that this is their love language you know this is what they do yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. I wouldn't call it their love language their language <laughs> yeah just <laughs> language um yeah and so with that i do think we need to take a break uh for a word from our sponsors and then we'll come back and we'll go through episode five juice right after this judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. This episode starts with a tough moment between Jacob and Ava. Jacob's bike is missing, and he saw an unfamiliar man hanging around the bike rack. But for some reason, Gia, when Ava asked Jacob to describe the man, he can't seem to find the words. What's happening here, Gia? Well, you know, I think that the individual that may have stolen Jacob's bike, uh, he looks like someone that might have difficulty getting a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, a curly, circular haircut from what Jacob saw. Um, so Afro? basically, yeah. Yeah, uh, he didn't say Afro, so <laughs> I'm, you know, basically this man is just could not be found. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but this might be my favorite cold open right behind, only second to Barbara not knowing any actors' actual names. So yeah. that was this was a great one. You know, Ava was in top form here, and she knew she knew that they were never going to find this man. Uh, for the yeah. reason Jacob refuses to in mm-hmm. uh chooses he refuses to be part of the system that <laughs> blames people who have difficulty finding loans for you know have them punished for crimes that they may or may not have committed. 
Exactly. Such a good moment. Um, okay, so the episode is called Juice because Janine is giving a presentation about how small changes like a beverage can lead to big changes. Um, and so she has the juice of the future. It's more fruit, less sugar, and the kids are going to love it. I promise. She's doing her presentation. The cafeteria people are not happy because they're trying to figure out why is she even here? It's open to everybody, but it's like she cannot take a hint, Gia. This keeps this is a recurring thing for her, right? Okay, but they, they literally the theme of these two episodes is Janine cannot take a hint. Like mm -hmm. that is it. That is the theme. That is the root issue in both of these episodes. But yeah, yeah Janine cannot take a hint in this episode. And it starts with the fact that the lunch crew has their regular meetings. And while it's technically open to the public, they really just want it to be the professionals, as it was described to us. And of course, they should know this by now, though, Chappelle. Like, they, yeah. of course, Janine is not going to take the hint. Yeah. I mean, she's like, what? So it's all just a formality? And everybody in the room is like, yes, yes, yeah. it's all just a formality. But you got to say the words to Janine or she just won't get I it. Know. So mm -hmm. um, she goes to talk about her juice pitch to with the rest of the teachers. And Barbara says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. She's like, I'm really not interested. Melissa agrees. And Gregory says he doesn't hate the idea, but he prefers nature's juice water. Um, Why are so they asking for Gregory's opinion on anything involving taste? We know right. this man is like not, it's not the uh, food or beverage connoisseur. Right, exactly. Um, so as far as Janine is concerned, there's no downside to this juice switch. And she's already made up her mind, but Barbara is still not interested. Later on in the episode, we see the kids seem to really be liking the juice um, that Janine is promoting. And she is even feeling herself so much that she eases up to Barbara to gloat. She's like, Barbara, even you would have to admit this is a great idea, right? But Barbara's students are not partaking in the juice because she didn't opt into the new juice. She's sticking to the juice that never failed her for the last 20 years. Again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But Gia, Janine's rule if, is it ain't broke, do fix it sometimes? Right? I don't know. I don't trust the organic food labels anyway. I think that's a big scam by, okay. yeah, you know, because half big the organic time, fruit. <laughs> yeah, like they're bit, half the time they're filled with like, chemicals and other crap to like make them organic and you know it's a it's a whole thing i watched a documentary once about it and now i'm just like very judgy about these types of diet fads personally but i digress let's get to the main <laughs> problem here but i don't know i feel like i understand what she's trying to do and you know one of the things that they do address in the public school system is that some of the food options are not always the best because they are trying to feed the masses with a very limited budget. But at the same time, Janine, like if you like, maybe this would have been resolved much faster if you didn't make such a big deal about the juice, you know, mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's not that great. I, juice is juice is juice. And I am also a creature of habit myself. So I usually take the Barbara Howard approach of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, sounds like a good idea to me. I do find that a lot of our episodes are just Janine, who is relatively new to Abbott Elementary, showing yeah. up and trying to fix problems that these people have been dealing with for years. She's like, I have an idea. And Barbara's thinking, I've been here for 20, I've been doing this for 20 years. Not, you're not bringing anything new to the table yeah. for some of these old problems. Now, don't get me wrong. She has some good ideas with the technology and stuff. But, you know, some of the structural issues that Abbott has, the infrastructure that we're going to talk about in just a second, 
she just misses the mark because it's like, yeah, if they could have fixed that, they would have fixed it. If yeah. they could have gave them people healthier food, they would have. And yeah. so um, we see that this is not going to work out the way she thinks it is. Um, because um, in Janine's class, they can't even fall into the wonderful world of fractions because the entire class needs to go to the bathroom. But Ava says the line is longer than Tawidi's nails. Um, <laughs> so it's a very long line, Gia. Um Ava's been so busy that she hadn't even noticed that all this bathroom drama and Mr. Johnson identifies that the juice is what's making the kids have to go to the bathroom more and more often. But hydration is a good thing, Gia, until it's not. And the bathroom breaks. See, Mr. Johnson knows why mm -hmm. he knew the root of the problem. And did he fix anything about it? No, but <laughs> he knew what the problem was. And that is why we love Mr. Johnson. Um, okay. I need to address one thing about this episode mm -hmm. every time the bathroom breaks it's the same damn same kid, kid. it's you you're the problem kid he is the root of the problem how are they not fixing this what she is she's literally the size of the toilet too like it's so, like <laughs> she is just a little like she is this tiny little thing what is what is she doing in there to be breaking every bathroom in abbott elementary I feel yeah. I just picture her like just like playing with the toilet paper and just like mm -hmm. running toilet paper down. I don't know what she's doing, but they need they need to have a talk with her specifically or like call her parents or her guardians to be like your your daughter keeps messing up our facilities and we need it to stop. Exactly. Um, so yeah, because of this, this one kid destroying the bathroom, it <laughs> seems, um, they're forced to use the upstairs bathroom, but that is just so un like impractical because you can't keep taking these first and second graders up and down the stairs all day um, because they just won't, they'll take forever to get back to class. Everybody can't get up and down the stairs in 45 seconds like Gregory can. Um, so they end up looking at Barbara to say, well, can we use the kindergarten bathroom that's inside her classroom? At first, she pushes back, but eventually she says, in case of an emergency, and that emergency, Gia starts it with Mr. Johnson because he's a kid <laughs> on the inside. Um, he's a kid at heart. Right. So when the bathroom emergencies start, the interruptions also start for Barbara's kindergartens. Um, the room is filled with the bathroom line, and even her kids can't use the restroom because the older kids and staff are in the way. So Barbara puts her foot down and says her kids won't be paying for Janine's juice mistakes. They have to leave the class immediately and head back upstairs. Um, while Gregory and Janine are sending their kids up to the restroom, at least they are getting good exercise, Janine says. Um, but they can't keep taking the whole class up and down the stairs. So why don't they just use Barbara's restroom when she's on her break period when nobody's around? After all, we would do that for Barbara, right? So let's just assume she wants to do that for us. Gia, this plan is cracked. I, for, yeah, first of all, not one iota of logic was used in this, <laughs> what they claim is such a well thought out solution. And let me tell you, Chappelle, Chappelle, when this happened, when they came to the solution, I was so pissed for Barbara in this moment because I have been the Barbara in this situation where you <laughs> take all the time to take care of your things so well because you want your things to be in a certain state and because your your thing your item your private facilities as barbara calls it is so much better than everyone else's because you took the time to take care of it that now everyone wants a piece 
because mm -hmm. shocker, all of their things that they did not take care of because they have one little girl destroying all the bathrooms possible. It's the Jews. Now they want a piece of Barbara's nice things, of Barbara's private facilities. And I I was literally like shouting to the TV, don't do it, Barbara. Don't do it. Don't let them even see what the kindergartner bathroom looks like. And like, there's a reason why kindergartners have their own bathroom. Like they cannot hold it in to the same level as even like a first grader or second grader. Yeah, they got tiny bladders and this juice is just pushing them to the limit. And so, uh, yeah, Barbara walks in and sees this travesty happening and she is pissed again. Um, she is trying to kick them all out, but Janine cannot stop trying to negotiate. Every time Barbara says something, Janine's like, yeah, but still, yeah, but this. Yeah. And before she can even make her next point, that kid comes <laughs> out of the bathroom and announces again that the bathroom is broken. Uh, and so now... All the kids have to go upstairs and use the restroom, including the kindergartners. And, you know, these little babies cannot be going up and down the, uh, the stairs like that. Unfortunately for them, to make matters worse, the kindergarten restroom has taken out the second floor restrooms as well. So now they have to go up there where the air is thin to the third floor restrooms. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, this has to stop at some point, you. Oh my God. And one of them can't even use the stairs to get to the third floor. How mm. is Johnny going to use the bathroom? What is wrong with the Department of Education that they feel like this can wait? And also, what is wrong with Janine with her points that she's just like, but Miss Howard, that's not fair. Who asked you, Janine, if this was fair? <laughs> this is your fault. This is your this fault. Is, I know. It's like you have not watched the past what are we on now like 12 episodes janine of yeah. like like you remember remember when you did this and all the lights went out in the school mm -hmm. remember when you messed with the boys to men light setup perfect system by the way um yeah exactly janine like we remember pepperidge farm remembers leave it be, <laughs> leave it be. if it ain't broke don't, don't fix, it. fix it right but in this moment Barbara realizes, because Janine's ranting, she's apologizing. She's saying, you know, the, the, the Department of Education won't come fix the restroom. The city won't come fix the restrooms or whatever until we are out of bathrooms. We still have one working bathroom, which sounds very suspect that you would want one working bathroom on the third floor to be sufficient for a whole entire school, a three-floor school. Um, but whatever. The rule is, as long as there's a working bathroom, they will not come. And so Barbara says, oh, I have an idea. And she goes to her partner in crime, her other dynamic duo, Melissa, because she's going to fix this now broken problem by um, breaking some things, uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, so Barbara goes to find Melissa, who has been dealing with her own stuff. And I do think now is a good time to hop over to Melissa and talk about her storyline, because Gia, I have a question. Yes. If you have a dollar and your brother who already owes you 10 grand because he keeps back in the jets asks you for 75 cents, who has taken your quarters before you can even consider lending them to someone? Your girl, Ashley, Ashley Garcia. Ashley! <laughs> Listen, I knew I was going to love Ashley Garcia from the moment she stepped on our screen two episodes ago. But yeah. she has exceeded all expectations for how annoying I thought she was going to be. And I love her. And I know now why I love her. She's a mini Ava. Mm, yeah, she yeah. Is, she's but she is greatness in progress. Yeah, Ashley and, is a dynamic 
person in this in this school. She's bringing a lot of energy, and Melissa just wasn't ready for what was about to happen mm -hmm. to her classroom. She needed some assistance, and she got it in the form of somebody who has been to four schools in the last four months um, because they all want a piece, like you said earlier. Um, mm -hmm. So now uh, Melissa is trying to have one lesson being taught while Ashley is teaching her science lesson on the other side of the class, and Melissa is not enjoying having this aid in her classroom. Ashley is giving the kids and Melissa's class a pep talk. Uh, and um, while this is happening, she's telling them, you know, don't worry about chapter books. They're coming soon, but they most of them are pretty much made into movies, so you don't have to watch it. And again, Melissa is not happy. She's like, who is this girl and why is she doing this? But she has a plan. She's going to give her a to-do list, Gia. And I think this is a sound idea, don't you? I thought it was a sound idea. I knew obviously it wasn't going to work because this is the show that we have been given. But <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's a good idea. But I think the issue with a to-do list is that it doesn't necessarily mean that the person with the to-do list is going to get things done on time in the way that you want it. It's like there's still a vagueness that can come with the the to-do list. Do I have to to do this now with <laughs> right now do i have is this a to do for this moment right now or is this something i can do a week from now you know like it's not i i i love me a good to do list but i like it more in the idea that like all right i know what i have to do will i necessarily do it in the time frame that someone expects it of me that is yet to be seen tbd tbd oh, yeah. And also the other downside of a physical to-do list is that they're very easy to lose, as Ashley pointed out. Right, because she lost her list. Um, yeah. And, you know, she's not doing the things on the to-do list. She can't find it. And the class is not even paying attention because they're too busy laughing at Melissa being tricked into saying pee-pee. So Melissa looks like she could spit nails. She finally does what everybody else does when there's a problem. Who do they turn to? Our girl Ava. They, Ava she Coleman. Ava Coleman, the Ava Coleman. She heads down to the principal's office and talks to Ava about getting rid of Ashley. But she finds herself interrupting a Ava, who is apparently like some type of influencer. She has like an online boutique on Instagram or something. And she's having a pop-up sale. Is this administrative business, Gia? Uh, yeah, it's from, she's open from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. That sounds like administrative business to me. Yeah. And so Ava says that, you know, she just can't fire Ashley because she's annoying. Ava's tried to fire Jacob before for being annoying. I'm sure she's tried to fire Janine for being uh, annoying. But for some reason, Melissa is just like, Ashley's got to go. So Ava says, as your principal, I will come monitor her. And Melissa is so surprised to see Ava being helpful. But why are they surprised when Ava, every episode, is offering her services to these people? They're just ungrateful. Why did you go to her for your services if you didn't expect that Ava was going to help and provide reasoning for her help? Yeah. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. And now Ava has to go monitor the classroom. But first, she needs to find something to wear to monitor in. Um, so in Melissa's class, Melissa's teaching a math lesson that's really just like math infused with Philly basketball history. Um, but it gets interrupted because there's a visitor in the class. And I'm not talking about Ava. I'm talking about Megan the Skeleton. And <laughs> Ashley is in the back with Megan teaching a lesson about bones. Um, this is a mess. Megan the Skeleton is an icon, Gia, and I think we should have more of her throughout the seasons. 
I'm excited to finally get some confessionals with Megan the Stallion because or the skeleton because mm. I, you know, iconic character. They just keep bringing in the new main cast and it's very exciting. Yeah, she's performing her hits on body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. And, um, you know, this again is interrupting Melissa to the point where Melissa cannot even focus. Ava's in there too. And Ava is, seems to be having a good time. She's connecting with Ashley in a way that Melissa just cannot because Ashley is wearing an article of clothing that she actually bought from Ava's page, Ava Flav with 10 A's. Um, so Genius. Genius. So Ava hooks her up with a QR code because business cards are done on. Th and this is the future of the world, right? The QR code. We've seen them pop up in the COVID world, but here they are in Avid, making Ava's life much easier, but making Melissa's life so much harder um, because Ava doesn't seem to be much help. This leads Melissa to go talk to Ava again in her office. And although she messes up the lyrics to the Megan song, you know, we thought she was spicy white. Turns out she's regular white. Who knew? Um, she does get her point across that Ashley is not much help. Um, it turns out, though, that Ashley's not much help because she's low-key Ava's assistant now. She's off getting water for Ava's steamer. She's off helping Ava make, uh, like, deliveries for her clothing line, uh, where her clothing sells. And Melissa just needs her to go back to the classroom to do the prep work. But we find out Ashley's already done the prep work. So why is Melissa overreacting to you? She's not, she's prepping while she's teaching, which we can now call preaching. Genius. Amen. Genius, mm -hmm. by the way. Amen. And I don't, I think because it's, of course, we know that Mar Melissa is very much not by the book, but by her book. And she knows what she needs to get done in a certain amount of time. And while she does admit that having Ashley there does allow her to teach new lessons or teach two lessons at once that it's not being done the way that she is used to things being done, which is her way. And it distracts from the fact that, you know, from the order that she wants things to go in the classroom. So even though Ashley does technically do the assignments that were assigned to her, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that Melissa isn't any less irritated as a result. Right. And Melissa finds Ashley eventually in the break room, taking a break from, I guess, working with Ava. But she's also, you know, talking to uh, Jacob about Anna Kendrick and the Clips grinding beat. And this spoke to my soul because when I was a wee lad, the Clips grinding beat, I could do it. I could do it to this day. I mean, I when the episode was on, I was doing the beat. I was like, yes, home. This reminds me of home. Uh, but this beat is going to come to play a little bit later on because Melissa can't understand how she can't get Ashley to do anything for her. And again, here you go, Jacob, with his sage wisdom. First it was Gregory, now it's Melissa. He tells Melissa that maybe she needs to connect with Ashley to get her com to communicate. Ava has connected with her, and you see it's working well. So this is the second episode in a row where Jacob is giving out some really good advice. What do you think about this, Gia? Have, is this the record for Jacob being in the right it's two episodes in a row? I think so. I, I think he's, would, he's on a roll. Would we technically count the... Uh, ninja, the ninja improv no. troupe as like three no. in a row. Nope, he's always mm -hmm, gonna no. be wrong with that. I don't know. I don't know. But all right, all right. So two in a <laughs> row is the current. Two in a row um, is the goal since Jacob's last nonsense. Yeah, this is this know. is impressive. I mean, it worked, but do I? Does it agree with like my soul and what I know this show to be? <laughs> no. But I guess he made some good points. So I really don't have any other option but to accept it for what it is. 
Yeah, Melissa finally decides, based on Jacob's advice, that she needs to level with Ashley. And when she walks into her class, she sees them all beating on the desk, doing the grinding beat again. But after this conversation with Jacob, she knows that talking to Ashley about the beat, comparing it to the Cup song by Andrew Kendrick, I mean, Anna Kendrick, you know, like this is going to get Ashley's attention. And it really does. So now she tells Ashley, you could teach this cool stuff to the kids. They seem to really like it, but maybe just like once a week after they've done the classwork. And you can tell Ashley now feels like she's a part of a team with Melissa. And I think that's really what she was waiting on. Um, So yeah, this is when uh, we see that um she's satisfied she's fixed her problem she's very happy about it but now she has to help barbara with her problem so barbara shows up downstairs like melissa you know what i need she's like check under my desk taped under there there's the bat uh barbara goes upstairs there's a problem it ain't broke don't fix it i think it's time now to break it um she goes in there she comes out who knows what happened on the inside but the bathroom is broken, and now the city knows that it's an emergency, and they have to come fix the bathroom. And this is how you get stuff done the Barbara way, Gia. I expected nothing less from our Emmy Award winning yes. Cheryl Ralph slash Barbara Howard, Woman of God, Emmy winner, <laughs> kindergarten teacher, knew what she was about, of course. And the, the synergy between Barbara and Melissa is just poetry at this point it's like they know they know each other it's like barbara knew that melissa had a baseball bat to be used in emergencies only melissa didn't even take a second to question why she could possibly need a baseball bat she knows that this is being used for what needs to be done it's just oh undersold but so perfect yeah just make sure you wipe the bat off when you're done with it um and so Janine is so impressed with Barbara. Like, how did you get this done? Oh, my God. She's so uh, apologetic to Barbara. And she explains to Barbara that, like, I understand you don't like explaining yourself to grown people because you spend all the time explaining yourself to kindergartners. But sometimes you got to show your work or we'll never learn how to do the things that you do. And so through some healthy negotiating, you know, Barbara agrees to have office hour. Once a week. <laughs> Once, a, <laughs> Once a, month. a month. Once a month. Let's not overcommit her here. Right. She's like, I will talk to you if you need to talk. And, you know, although Janine would like her to build community once a week during her office hours, Barbara kind of meets her halfway and, you know, uh, sets her own terms. But now we have it feeling like, okay, we're getting somewhere. Janine is kind of learning at the like at the knee almost of like well who she wants to be her mentor. And I really liked the end of this episode. So that I I really thought that was like a good moment for the two of them. Yeah, it almost feels like they're they're getting somewhere. We had some other episodes where it really does feel like they're meeting each other halfway, but usually it is a lot of Janine admitting that she was wrong because she is just so wrong so often. <laughs> but It's nice to see that Barbara is kind of meeting her halfway, but really we are meeting. It's more meeting them on Barbara's terms because while she is willing to help uh, be a bit more of a mentor, also it it isn't fair to expect Barbara to be like doing this extra work as a mentor already because like exhaustion from your job is real. Like, yeah, uncompensated labor. Let's call it Mm -hmm. what it is with this office hour. So mm-hmm. I think this is a fair compromise, although Barbara didn't have to do this. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. She did it because she wanted to, and we love that for her. Mm -hmm. um, Gia, the episode ends with probably the most iconic scene so far of Abbott Elementary. Yes! We have to wonder, where has Ava been using the restroom this whole time? Because we know she's not going to use one of these tiny somebody else is using. Um, so, you know, we're like, well, if Ava's not using the tiny restrooms, where is she going? We see her go into the back room. She goes in like a secret passageway. She's going down the tunnel past the boiler room. She goes into this warning, you know, like, oh, don't enter sign. And she opens up the door to the most immaculate restroom that I've ever seen inside of a school. Um, and if you're wondering if she has a bidet, she does. It was just the stuff of dreams. I want to remodel my own bathroom to what Ava has. It was just so beautiful. So immaculate. So clean. Oh, it was so nice. So beautiful. I I would love my own private bathroom at work. And Ava made it happen for herself, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is just, it's amazing. And I loved that, you know, this is true to character. Because, yeah, why was Ava so calm the whole time? Well, obviously, she was not using the little kitty toilets like the rest of the peasants. Mm -hmm. And if y'all were friends with Ava and stopped picking on her so much, maybe you could use the restroom too. Maybe that's the moral of the story. Who knows? Uh, I think that is the moral of the story because, uh, you know, who is going to be the first person that learns access of the secret bathroom? It's going to be Ashley Garcia. Mark my oh, yeah. word. She's already yeah. been in there. She knows the game. Um, Whether she stumbles but, upon it or she actually, like, Ava admits that it's there, but is remain to be seen. But Ashley will be the first to hear about this secret fortress of uh bidets and i think there was like music in the background like yeah a chandelier music. or something a yeah chandelier. it was a lot you know <laughs> it, was a lot. it was beautiful yeah i'm very jealous right now i want to remodel right. like a lot of my living space and i just don't have the funds to do it but maybe i need to switch careers to be a principal I think. <laughs> I think with that, G is going to get ready need... for her vacation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I got to find if anyone knows a superintendent that may or may not be cheating on their spouse, hit a girl up. Yeah. You just want to talk yeah. to him. That's all. Is that, uh, is, can that be my plug for the week? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, it is. With it that, is. That's the end of our episode, Gia. And so, um, you know, we're going to wrap this up. I mean, that's a hell of a plug to, you know, to get these superintendents. Uh, if you're cheating, remember, if you're a cheating <laughs> superintendent, hit up Gia. She just wants to ask you a few questions. But... It doesn't necessarily have to be a superintendent, just like a person in a powerful position. Right. That's all. But like low level, not enough where I could like put myself in danger or anything like that. But like a superintendent of the school or like superintendent, superintendent adjacent. Fair. Fair yeah. enough. So tell the people where they can find you this week, Gia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you can find me in Disney World because that's where I'll be this yes. next week. But Relax also, <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm very excited. Catch me on, I guess you can catch me on Instagram for pictures of me in Minnie Mouse ears. But other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Classically Gia for all of my reality TV shenanigans. And for Survivor fans, you should be following the Survivor Diversity campaign at Surf Diversity. That's at S-U-R-V Diversity. Uh, you can definitely find me on post-show recaps, but most of the time you can find me on Silent Podcast where I am doing recaps of Survivor 43 and of Claim to Fame. Uh, 
I don't know about that is my survivor podcast that I do with myself and a guest. We're going to have to get Chappelle on there very soon. And also claim to fame. Uh, me and my sister are doing a recap podcast called sister act. So make sure to check that out. It's been a lot of fun so far. We had a bit of a hiatus due to my sister being on vacation, but we will be back with new episodes very soon. And then finally, you can find me on Inside Survivor doing my regular recaps with Christine Palin about Survivor 43 with our roundups. Thank you so much for that, Gia. Y'all check out all the stuff Gia has going on. She's a busy lady, but she is uh, killing it right now. So follow her on Twitter at ClassicallyGia and follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show, where I'll be tweeting out the links to the podcast that I'm doing. I'm still on Post Show Recaps talking about The Walking Dead. Still on Post Show Recaps talking about Atlanta. Uh, And then I'm over on Silent Podcast talking about Never Have I Ever. And on Rob Has a Podcast doing Netflix shows uh, for our Nothing But Netflix podcast. And so uh, check out all of those things subscribe to nothing but netflix um and follow at nothing but rhap on twitter and as you all know we will be back in two weeks to discuss what i think is the halloween episode candy yes Zombies. yes and episode seven attack ad so until then school is out bye Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.